Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello and welcome to You Beauty and it is Tuesday which means I'm Shazzy Hunt and today's episode is Ask an Expert and on the agenda for today is a topic dermatitis. Now before I introduce today's amazing guests I want to set the scene a little bit with a couple of stats. Approximately 1.6 million Australians are thought to be currently living with atopic dermatitis. So what that means is it's probably either affecting you or someone you know really well. And then among those who have atopic dermatitis, around one in five of those people is suffering from the condition in a moderate or even a severe form. So that's really high. So to talk us through all of this and everything to do with atopic dermatitis, today we are joined by the esteemed Dr. Stephen Schumach, who is a general clinical dermatologist and an associate professor from the University of Sydney. Dr. Schumach, thank you for joining us on the UBD podcast. It is my pleasure. Now, I started this episode with those stats and I was really surprised at how prevalent atopic dermatitis is and yet I feel like it's one of those things that's not really discussed even though it's impacting so many of us. Why is that? Look, atopic dermatitis, or a lot of people know this as eczema, is actually the commonest skin rash we have in Australia and, in fact, right around the world. Most people will know kids or family members that have been itching or scratching from childhood and this is actually atopic dermatitis. So really around about uh, 20% of us will have the risk of getting it and about 300,000 Australians will have it in a moderately severe form, as you mentioned. I do want to get into the difference between eczema and atopic dermatitis because you mentioned it. A lot of people are familiar with that word. So is it just another term for it or is it quite different? No, more or less, it's the same term. A lot of the Americans will talk about it as being uh, dermatitis or atopic dermatitis, and a lot of the English people will talk about it being an eczema, and most Australians will call it to either or. But uh, it's either eczema or dermatitis, and the atopic means it's uh, almost inherited. So it's people like those that get asthma and hay fever and eczema or dermatitis. So it's in that group. So you've got an inbuilt genetic defect which causes the uh, immunological abnormality, which causes atopic dermatitis in most people. So can you just get dermatitis if you don't have that genetic disposition? Dermatitis just means irritation on the skin. So you can scratch your skin and cause some breaking in the skin and that'll be dermatitis. Or you can spill an irritant or an allergic sort of compound on your skin and that will give you a nasty red rash, which is contact dermatitis. So there are different types of dermatitis or eczema, but yeah. most of us know it as atopic dermatitis. That's, That's the, the main one. one. That's the one, yeah, exactly. So let's get a handle on the absolute basics here. What is atopic dermatitis? So atopic dermatitis means you've got a defect, an abnormality in the basement layer of the skin. That's the barrier between the outside and the inside of the skin. And this barrier defect allows some sort of unknown allergen or unknown substance to get in to the skin and that causes 
an abnormality in the immune system to develop, which causes the itch, the irritation, and the rash that we all see as atopic dermatitis. What are the main symptoms? So you said the rash, the itch, anything else that you should be on the lookout for that will appear? Atopic dermatitis um, is really a general condition. So most people think of it as a bit of a rash, but that bit of a rash has all sorts of consequences because you can see it. It causes problems with people, particularly if it's on the face or your hands, going out in public. And the other thing that it causes is itch, unremitting itch, particularly in the moderately severe cases. You can't sleep at night. You can't concentrate on your study. You can't concentrate at work. It has a significant impact on quality of life, not only for you, but if your kids have Mm. it, then often the entire family, the parents and the other kids are really disturbed in a major way because of the impact of atopic dermatitis. What's the difference between mild, moderate and severe? What do you classify as the differences between them? There are a number of grading systems, but in general, think of it this way. If you've got relatively mild atopic dermatitis, you may have a bit of a rash on your elbows, on your knees, a bit of a rash on the face. It responds quite easily to uh, various creams and it's mildly itchy and that itch will go away with uh, the various creams. Moderate, it's a little bit more severe, affecting uh, up to maybe 20% of the body. Takes a little bit longer to get better with the creams and ointments that we sometimes use. May disturb people's uh, sleep on a fairly regular basis, and it may have a bit of an impact on the quality of life. But once you get to moderately severe, the impact on quality of life is quite severe. You may have uh, quite a few nights during the week where you can't sleep because of the itch. You might find that it doesn't respond all that well to creams or ointments that are used in a regular way. And these people with the moderately severe disease may require other treatments aimed at damping down the immune system, such as steroids, for instance, or these new agents that have uh, come on the market that have been developed over the last uh, couple of years which are targeted to certain areas of the immune system to improve the inflammation, reduce the itch and have minimal side effects. Are there a particular type of person, age group or skin type that are far more prone to getting atopic dermatitis? Atopic dermatitis is much more common in children or uh, teenagers. A lot of people know kids who have eczema when they're really quite young, goes away a bit when they uh, start going to school and then can come back again in the teenage or early adult years. But really, any age can get it, even though it's probably more common in uh, children and teenagers. Are there certain backgrounds or skin types that are more prone as well? It's more common in people that um, have a uh, family history of A to P, and by that I mean asthma, eczema and hay fever. Mm -hmm. And if you've got that, you're much more likely to get it. And it seems to be, and we're not sure why, it seems to be more common in so-called first world countries. And it may be related to the fact that we live in uh, so-called clean environments. We're less likely to contact dirt and other things. And this may well cause us to develop uh, some of these atopic conditions like asthma, eczema and uh, hay fever much more commonly. And so there is that genetic element involved then as well. Absolutely. So if your parent has it, you know, you're more likely to get it. Hmm. Like we said, a lot of people are walking around right this minute with atopic dermatitis and the impact on everyday life is something that's so interesting. Aside from sleep, what are some of the other ways that they may be impacted? Inability to concentrate, 
depression because you've got the itch all the time and nothing seems to work to settle it down. As I mentioned, um, impact on the family members or your close contacts, your partners, because you're itching and scratching on a regular basis. Sometimes you scratch and it can become infected and this will require antibiotics. And sometimes uh, if it's very severe, you require hospitalisation. We as a dermatologist or a dermatology community, the commonest reason we have people in hospital, children or adults, is probably atopic eczema, atopic dermatitis. And it's just this thing you think, oh, it's a skin condition, but it has such a wide-ranging impact on quality of life. That's exactly right. It's not just a bit of a rash. It's all the impact that it has on quality of life, mental issues, as I mentioned, depression, anxiety, inability to sleep, stress, all those sort of things are part of what we see in patients with atopic dermatitis. Okay, so let's get down to it, these causes of atopic dermatitis. I'm sure everyone wants to know what is likely to set off an episode. Are there certain triggers and what are they likely to be? Look, it's hard to be really quite specific what the triggers are, but often things like, um, you know, spending too long in a hot shower, spa baths, playing on the sand on the beach, which is quite irritating. Sometimes people can get itchy uh, with uh, uh, clothes such as woolen clothes, which cause itch on the skin, washing their hands too much, particularly in the current times with COVID, that can Mm. cause uh, eczema or dermatitis on the hands. So these things can all trigger a flare in underlying atopic dermatitis. It won't cause it, but will cause a flare in uh, what you may already have at a lower level. If you are predisposed to it, can almost nothing seem to trigger it where you can't even put your finger on what it was that caused it in the first place? Absolutely. Uh, And in fact, this is probably one of the commonest cases. A lot of people think it must be caused by something. Uh, Yeah. They think it's a food or something that they've taken, but that's in fact very, very rare. And in most cases, we cannot find a specific cause for the flaring of the underlying atopic dermatitis. Which I know for anyone out there who's listening who has this must be so frustrating to hear that it's like you can't even necessarily pinpoint it down to something. It might just be that you have this genetic predisposition and being out in the big bad world just (laughs) brings it on for you. Let's talk about treatments then. If you are in the midst of a flare-up, at this point, what is the best practice as far as treating and managing it? Fortunately, most cases of atopic dermatitis are mild to moderate, and they will respond to the usual treatment options. You know, cut back on your showers, moisturize on a regular basis, try not to scratch, put on some steroid creams if you need them, and that settles most cases down. But if it doesn't, see your doctor, because uh, there are other systemic agents, tablets that you can use, or as I mentioned uh, before, there are some new targeted therapies which have become available recently which target certain aspects of the immune system which in severe cases which don't respond to the usual treatments can be used. What are some of these new developments in this treatment and management space and how are they a bit of a game changer for people with that more moderate to severe dermatitis? These new targeted therapies either target certain interleukins uh, that you have. These are little chemical receptors uh, inside the skin or certain other receptors that we actually have in the skin as well. And one is going to be released on the PBS 
on the 1st of February, which is the first of a class of agents called JAK inhibitors or Janus kinase Mm. inhibitors. So these target this certain aspect of the immune system, JAK1, and this turns off the inflammatory cascade that we see that causes the inflammation in the skin and produces itch and irritation in the skin. As far as, you know, medications, whether it's creams or other treatments, what are the main options from over-the-counter to prescription? The first option is to try and avoid irritating things such as hot showers, you know, rolling in the sand, you know, wearing woolen clothing directly in contact with the skin. That's your best bet is avoid it in the first place before you start trying to treat it. (laughs) Then lots of moisturisers. So get in the habit of putting moisturisers on a regular basis, even twice a day, and use lots of it. It doesn't need to be an expensive moisturiser. Just a cheap one will be fine, but use a fair bit of it, you know, 10 or 20 grams per application. Oh, wow, that's a lot. uh, Which is quite a lot. And that will actually help settle down, calm down the skin. Now, if you've got an itchy rash in the certain areas that we see with eczema, often you'll use a uh, steroid cream or ointment. There are some weak ones available over the counter at the pharmacy, or you can see your GP or dermatologist who will give you a prescription for the more stronger, the stronger topical steroid creams. Now, if they don't work or they don't work sufficiently, mostly your GP will refer you to a dermatologist or sometimes a clinical immunologist that will talk to you about immunosuppressive agents. And these may well be tablets to reduce the immune system or these new agents, which are either tablets or there's an injection also available on the PBS at the moment. But these can only be prescribed by dermatologists or immunologists. Ah, so it's not even at your doctor level. You have to go on to that next level in order to be able to get that. That's right. You need to be referred on by your GP. Ah, but is there anything in terms of in-chair appointments, so things like, I don't know, like lasers? Is there any other level of treatment that is available? Not really. Sometimes we'll use a particular treatment called uh, ultraviolet light therapy, which is much more commonly used for another condition called psoriasis. And we can use this a couple of times a week, two or three times a week for about six weeks. And in some cases of moderate atopic dermatitis, this works moderately well. But again, you would need to see a dermatologist. Mm. You would need to go to the office three times a week for six weeks to get that therapy. It's not commonly done, but it certainly is an option. But we would have that option along with the other immunosuppressive agents that we do use. And if the uh, condition in a particular patient is more severe, not responding uh, very well at all to uh, the creams and ointments that we use, then we do have available to us these new targeted therapies, as I mentioned. Let's talk about skincare routines because many of our listeners are very vigilant about what they use morning and night. But if you're also prone to atopic dermatitis, what kind of considerations do you then need to give to your skincare routine as far as the products you're using? The main thing is to try not to irritate the skin too much. So uh, try and keep your showers uh, fairly quick and fairly cool. Try not to wash your hands too much. As far as cleansers are concerned, use a mild cleanser or a gentle cleanser. Try and avoid toners because toners are actually quite irritating to the skin. Use the moisturizers on a regular basis. So probably just gentle cleansing, a fairly bland moisturizing agent on a regular basis is probably all you need to do. 
as well as trying to avoid putting onto your skin irritating chemicals and substances, and mostly that are harsh cleansers, as well as um, trying to avoid lotions or things like that, which might be a little bit irritating, such as certain sunscreening products. I was just about to say, what do you do then in terms of sunscreen? With sunscreens, you would tend to use a cream or a thicker lotion, one that's not going to irritate the skin too much. So as a general rule, ointments and creams don't irritate the skin all that much. Gels or liquids or sometimes sprays can be a little bit irritating. So you probably need to avoid those if you can. And then many of us are also active ingredient lovers when it comes to our skincare routine, but is it going to be problematic if you are prone to atopic dermatitis or are experiencing a flare-up if you're looking at using, you know, your retinols and your vitamin A's? Like, is that basically out for you? Exactly, <laughs> because a lot of those things work by irritating the skin and that causes a uh, increased cell turnover on the skin, which causes some rejuvenation, AHA, BHAs retinoids, those sort of things. Probably should avoid them if you've got uh, atopic dermatitis or at least use them under the direction of your doctor or your dermatologist. I have a very random question. What if the dermatitis is happening other areas of your body, say your hands or your legs or whatever, but nothing's happening on your face? Do you think it's okay in that situation to continue on with a more active-oriented skincare routine? If it's not the area that's affected? You could think about doing that in if you're already using those products and you're not getting too much, by the way, of irritation yeah. uh, from using those. But generally, if you've got atopic dermatitis all over, you'll have the tendency to develop that all over. Now, paradoxically, the skin has a fairly large number of sebaceous glands. And so uh, it tends to be a little bit oilier than the other areas of your body. Mm. So actually, it is more resistant to irritation mm. than areas such as the back or the arms, the hands or the lower legs. And then in terms of holistic management of atopic dermatitis, uh, what are some of the lifestyle considerations you need to think about implementing? You mentioned the cooler showers, you know, in order to either calm down any flare-ups or prevent triggering a new one. Cutting back on your showers um, with heating during the winter, cut back on the heating uh, to a certain extent. Think about, do you really need a doona? So often people overheat at night with the oh. doona and that causes a flaring in the itch. So maybe think about just having a blanket uh, and a sheet rather than a doona. Obviously uh, relaxing, so people who are stressed, very type A individuals will often find that the dermatitis flares during the times of stress. So relaxation therapy, try and think sometime during the day, you know, for half an hour or something like that, sit down and relax to a certain extent. Uh, maybe even think about meditation to try and help with coping with the itch and irritation associated with the eczema. Is there anything from a water or intake or diet perspective that can help? Look, not really. Um, you know, it's always important, of course, to have a healthy diet try and avoid um, fatty food or maybe unhealthy processed food might help to a certain extent. But in general, a healthy diet and a fairly standard uh, fluid intake is probably the best that you can do as far as your uh, atopic dermatitis is concerned. And then when you're in the midst of an absolute episode, are there any so no, you definitely should not do, you know, scratching, I imagine, is one. Is there anything else along those lines that it's like, don't do that, you are only going to make this worse? You should obviously avoid scratching um, because that can cause irritation to be worse and can actually break the skin and cause an infection. 
hot showers, which will temporarily take away the itch, but will make the eczema worse. You probably should avoid that. A cold shower is probably okay, but not a hot shower. They're probably the main things to avoid. The big question is, is it possible to ever be completely cured of atopic dermatitis or is it more likely to just wax and wane with time? There's no cure, so you've got to expect that you will wax and wane to a certain extent. Although as people age, they tend to get more used to the atopic dermatitis they've had for a long time and are able to cope with the swings and roundabouts that you get. But there's no cure, but there's always control. And these days with the new uh, treatment options that we have, if you're worried about control, if you're not achieving control of your atopic eczema, see your GP, your dermatologist or your immunologist. And these days, hopefully, there's uh, more options available to uh, bring that particularly severe dermatitis under good control. If you are, you know, doing all the right things and using the treatments and the ointments or whatever, you know, has been prescribed because of your severity, how long would it typically take to settle down? Like how long should you start to go, okay, it should settle down? Obviously dependent on the severity. It depends on the severity. Certainly mild to moderate eczema, usually with good treatment, you'd expect it to settle significantly in a couple of weeks. The more severe forms, it might take a couple of months to get uh, a good improvement. But as I said, with these new treatments, that is often faster than it has been in the past. But really, you're looking in most cases, a few weeks to a few months. Finally, if you are one of the unlucky ones who is dealing with this as an ongoing issue, what's some of the long-term measures you can put into place as a, as a management plan? Because it's obviously going to be something that you will be dealing with every now and then. What can you set in place to make it easier for you? Regardless of what you do is you've got to realise this is part of your lifestyle forever. Think about, um, you know, avoiding things like uh, hot showers and spas. Think about um, avoiding dunas and overheating at night and heated rooms, particularly during the winter, and using moisturisers on a regular basis. And doing those things, you will hopefully prevent those significant flares that people um, get with their atopic dermatitis. Realise that it's a long-term condition. You can manage that or control it in most cases by doing those things. Finally, we finish up every episode with a myth for you to confirm or bust. Here's yours. Atopic dermatitis is contagious. That is false. That is false. (laughs) (laughs) I think it must be such a hard one, though, particularly because it's so visible for people, you know, particularly if it's on their hands or on their face, that they might feel self-conscious that someone might be avoiding touching their hand or face, thinking that it might be contagious, which is, I think, where this myth would have emerged from. That's right, because people can see it and they think if they can see this rash, particularly a red scaly rash, it must be contagious, but it's not. Again, that's one of the issues that people with atopic dermatitis have is this uh, impression that other people have about their skin condition. Dr. Schumach, thank you for joining us on You Beauty to help us better understand atopic dermatitis. It is my pleasure. Thank you very much. If you're looking for something new to listen to, let me suggest The Quickie. It's Mamma Mia's daily news podcast that cuts through the noise to cover the latest news headlines and a deep dive into what's making headlines here and across the pond. What traditions can we take from this Lunar New Year festival into the year of the water tiger? It's always important to greet and send wishes to our family, friends, neighbours at the beginning of the year. Clean the house and wear new clothing. That can make ourselves feel and look refreshed. 
enjoy a good meal together with our loved ones, whether that is fish, which symbolizes abundance of joy, whether that is dumplings, which represents wealth, or whether that is noodles that symbolizes long lifespan, or spring rose that represents luck, etc. This episode was produced by Michaela Floriano and Gia Moylan, and I'm your host, Chazzy Hunt. Don't forget, You Beauty will be back tomorrow with our weekly episode of Beauty News. Have a great day. Bye.